Mm. Honey. I love honey. It's so delicious. Yeah, it's a pretty miraculous substance, isn't it? Delicious, antibacterial, and entirely made by bees. Those sound like geeking words. that every time we geek in it has something to do with food <laughs> i know this is like the second time we've started the podcast with mm. Mm. and all of our podcasts so far have been about food we even started all with of eating, eating frogs oh that's true we, we had pictures of pancakes for our gluten what was the second one hmm? i can't even remember what the second one we did was no the second one was about brains no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. No, no your brain is not tired. Remember that? Yeah, we didn't post that one. Yeah, we did. We did? Yeah. You posted it? Yeah. Well, but zombies eat brains. <laughs> there you go. Everything that we've done so far is about food. Before we talk about honey, let's talk about the bees that make it. My favorite part. I love talking about bees. I just find them so fascinating. So there are pretty much two major categories of stuff that I want to talk about with bees. Um, I'm sure you've heard about the whole craze about Africanized honeybees. What? <laughs> okay. Um, let's start from the beginning. So honeybees, especially down south where it's warmer, are, have all of a sudden become significantly more aggressive and mean. I'm Wait, seriously? No, seriously. Like... Taking out horses, kind of aggressive, and killing people. Dang. Hence the term killer bees. Wait, seriously? Seriously. In America, In this America? is happening? Mostly Texas and Florida, but yeah. Now, the reason for this is primarily because, um, well, as you n might know, actually, bees are not native to North or South America. They're not? No, they weren't originally found here. In fact, we brought bees over from Europe, uh, about pretty much along with the early settlers around the 1700s. Really? Yeah. And since then, they spread from all over America. So are technically honeybees considered an invasive species? No. Not really. Especially down, uh, down south in, in, the, in South America. They never really took off there. In South America, they were always in small pockets. And they were difficult to grow just because there were so many predators, it was difficult, it was more tropical rainforest type thing, and bees didn't really do well there. Now, one guy named something, whose name escapes me at the moment, it was some German name, but he's... This is so cool. I haven't heard any of this before. This is neat. You're lying to me. Go on. Are you? No, this is awesome. I've never heard this before. You haven't? No. Oh, okay. But... So this one dude was a beef farmer in South America, and specifically Brazil, and he wanted to figure out a way to get bees to do better in South America. So he went to South Africa, oh. where he found bees that were native there. And he grabbed some of them, brought them back to his lab, well, to, to his farm, and he, he was... He kidnapped bees? Yeah, he did. He brought them there and his intention 
was to breed out a lot of the aggressive nature that's what you normally see in African bees. So African bees are aggressive? Oh yeah. The reason why they're aggressive in Africa has a lot to do with humans. In Europe, uh, honeybees have been raised for thousands of years. We've been beekeeping since, you know, the times of ancient Egypt, since Egyptians were big. But we're... But, Egypt- and we, we bred out a lot of the uh, aggressive traits in Europe. And the same thing throughout Asia. But Egypt isn't in Europe. Since, since the, that time period. Oh, okay. <sighs> you're throwing me off my game now. i got to think. Now you're just going to sit here and wait while I recover my thoughts. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. I, okay, I'm looking at you. Suffer. <laughs> anyway, so in Europe, we bred honeybees to be more docile, to allow us to... To each other. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit all of this out. No, that's a great joke. Would I'm not like, going to get to talk. Would you like some help? <laughs> so we've bred, well, we've bred bees to each other for centuries. Yeah, to each other. <laughs> not interspecies stuff. Oh my god, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know okay. diff- anyway, so we've bred bees to be more docile and allow us to take honey from them with minimal bee stings and stuff. Now, this means that they become less territorial, less aggressive, less defensive. But in contrast, well, in Europe, we were raising them in bee farms. In Africa, humans would go honey hunting. They would strafe through the forest, strafe through the environment. And if they found a beehive, they'd just ransack it, you know, uh, cut it down, chop half of it off and, uh, and steal the honey from the bees. Okay. So it, this... so farming versus hunter-gathering. Right. Now, the hunter-gathering meant that all of these, like, the, the beehive was pretty much destroyed. And a lot, a lot of those colonies would die. So they were bred to be more aggressive, to defend their uh, hives. So European honeybees, just like Africanized honeybees, will defend their nest. However, they're not going to do it quite as voraciously. When, they're ne- when they feel that their nest is threatened, 10 or 20 bees at a time will generally go out and defend the nest. In contrast with Africanized honeybees, you're seeing swarms of hundreds of bees all leaving the nest at once at the first sign of a predator. So in Africa, um, humans influenced the environment such that bees were bred, quote-unquote, to be more aggressive, whereas in Europe... They're bred to be less aggressive. Right. Exactly. Now, however, Africanized honeybees are also more resistant to disease. Why would that be? I have no idea. Maybe because there's more diseases in Africa? Not a clue. But they are more careful about taking care of each other, screening for mites. Bee doctors. Yeah, being bee doctors. And they're more resistant to warmer temperatures. So this guy went to Africa. He brought honeybees from there that were resistant to disease and were well-suited for warm temperatures, brought them to Brazil and said, you know, I know these guys are more aggressive, but I'm going to breed them 
specifically with European honeybees. And over a couple of generations, I think I can breed that out while keeping the disease resistance in. Well, he screwed up because a swarm of bees actually accidentally escaped, <gasps> got out. And it turns out that the aggressive qualities, uh, as well as a number of other positive qualities, um, happen to be dominant, highly Jeez. dominant. So the particular species that we're talking about is Apis mellifera. And that species, now taxonomy is weird. To break it down, every species on Earth is an individual. An individual species cannot breed with any other species. Okay, so like since Africanized honeybees can breed with European honeybees. They're they the are same the species. They're yeah. a different subset. It's like black people and white people. You're the same species but you're, you have different traits. Okay. And in this case, the, tra the trait we're talking about primarily has to have to do with behavior. Mm. Which sucks. So do Africanized honeybees survive better? Oh, yeah. They're everywhere uh, down there. And in fact... Once beekeepers and people st stopped trying to eradicate the Africanized honeybees, which they this, which no one has ever been successful at doing, and started trying to figure out how to raise them, Africanized honeybees produce just as much honey as regular honeybees. Now they generally tend to have smaller hives, okay, but more hives. They reproduce faster. That makes sense. They would um, mm -hmm. they would want to spread themselves out. Mm -hmm. Right. Africanized honeybees are, have smaller hives, they reproduce faster, so each particular hive is going to give you less honey. And you've got to be more careful with them because Wait. they're more aggressive. But by modifying beekeeping strategies, nowadays, South America is among the largest honey producers in the world. So after they stopped trying to eradicate the Africanized honeybees, they were like... Okay, okay, let's work with this. Yeah, let's work with this. Mm -hmm. So are they becoming more tame? No. Are they killing people? You gotta be careful with them. Now, oh, sure. Now, people in the Amazon, for example, they've got enough dangers to worry about already. They're, they're, they're like, okay, one more isn't gonna do much. Uh-huh. And as long as you're cognizant, I mean, really the only people that... Uh, a hive is going to be killing are people who are crippled and unable to get away. Which, what are you doing next to a bee? Right, thing, exactly. If that's the case. You need to run if you, start, uh, if you anger a nest of killer bees. You just need to get out of there. They're trying to defend their nest. Don't sit there and swat them, which well, is what some people do. Well, of course, I'm sure that they have, like, equipment. Yeah, and there are, there's equipment that can take out individual nests, but as a whole, we're not going to be eradicating killer bees from the Americas anytime soon. There is a plus side. They don't survive very well in more temperate climates. So up here in Michigan and most of the United States, they're not faring very well. So this is why we endure the cold, because we don't have to deal with killer bees. <laughs> yeah, that and... Scorpions and mm -hmm. spiders and snakes. Oh, wait, we have spiders. Never mind. Right, but we don't have to lift our toilet seats with sticks to make sure there are no rattlesnakes in them. Oh. Not going to Australia anytime soon. Nope. 
No. Well, maybe somewhere a little warmer, but not Australia. Mm-hmm. So I can see how this could be a good thing for South Americans, kind of like the European bees were a good thing for North Americans. Right. Now, because bees are such effective pollinators, I mean, it has produced effects in ecosystems where bees have been introduced to that are kind of difficult to predict. Plants are doing better. So agriculture is better? Agriculture is definitely a lot easier to deal with now that bees are a thing. But I mean, South America had to have had other pollinators Oh yeah, it had other pollinators, but nothing that was so as easy to manipulate, as easy to work with. You know, Africanized bees are easy to work with. They're easier to work with than flies. That's true. Flies don't have hives. No, they don't. You can take a bunch of uh, a hive of even Africanized honeybees, uh, load it into your truck, carry it to a field that needs to be pollinated, and let them work. I could see this just like you do with European bees. I could see this being a problem for small children, though. Yes, it could be. Yeah. But after... Because they can't get away as easily, and right. they have smaller body mass, so the poison will get into their system easier. Right. Now, keep in mind, that accident that it, uh, released the killer bees into America happened in, ni- in the 1950s. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Nowadays, people are, especially down there, much more familiar with ways of dealing with bees. Especially in South America, you don't really see deaths from bees anymore. Okay, so they've learned how to adapt to it. Right. People have been concerned primarily with when the killer bees started going up into the United States. Well, yeah, because... Because it was a new area. Yeah. That's why it became such a a big thing around the 90s and early 2000s. And people were afraid for a while that killer bees were going to just decimate all of the European honeybees in the Americas. But turns out cold doesn't do well for them. Anyway, now the second thing I want to talk about with regards to bees is colony... 15 minutes in and you want to talk about the second thing. I know. This is such a huge thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now the second thing I want to talk about with bees is colony collapse disorder. So colony collapse disorder is not just all of the bees in a hive die. That's not what happens. If that happens, it's called a... It's called a hive death event. But colony collapse disorder is this phenomenon where the queen and a bunch of larvae will be left in the in the hive. There will be no dead bees anywhere. But all of the workers are just vanish. No one knows where they go. No one knows this at all? Can't they that, just like put little micro trackers on the bees? Well, we know that some uh, some of them die elsewhere, but no, we can't just put micro trackers on all of the bees. Can we put micro-trackers on some bees? Yeah, we can. And we know that they uh, they generally end up dying somewhere else. But where doesn't seem to have any connection to anything. And generally, this happens over the winter. Okay. Generally speaking. Now, this phenomenon, particularly around 2008 to 2012, it was taking out about 60%, like at its height, 60% of all hives every year. That's a big number for something that we have no idea what happens. Yeah, that's a big number. And massive losses. 
I mean, that uh, when bees go out, that means fields don't get pollinated. That means honey prices go up, which is I know isn't that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it also means that beekeepers lose thousands and thousands of dollars. Dang. So it's a big issue. Not to mention all of the farmers that lose thousands of dollars because they can't make fruit. Dang. Mm-hmm. You know, we may have... We've never been able to find one distinct cause. Yeah, it's caused by a disorder. bunch of different things, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, there are three primary things that cause colony collapse disorder. There are a couple of other ones like th- that the EPA will talk about. But for our purposes, there are three primary causes of colony, colony collapse disorder. And those will be varroa mites, pesticides, and Chinese sacroid virus. Okay. Now, varroa mites are nasty little parasites. They will hop onto a bee's back and suck its blood. Like a mosquito? Like a mosquito, but it'll stay there. It'll just ride along with it. Tiny things. Really tiny. So like a mosquito that doesn't go away. Right. Tiny little things. Even... Uh, by bee standards. Now, this mite will ride on the back of the bee back to the hive. And then it'll just, when when it's in the hive, it'll jump between a bunch of different bees, suck blood whenever it gets hungry, until it finally finds a broodling, when a new egg is put into a capsule. Now, the mite will then go into the capsule with the new larva and after the other bees seal up the the hole so that the larva can develop in a nice warm chamber with lots of food and bedding the mite will burrow into the honey that's for the food for the larva and lay eggs now the first egg it'll lay will be a male which will then inseminate its mother so that she can lay females which suck the blood of the larva and then with each larva that comes out that has a mite in it, six or seven other mites will come out. Mm-hmm. And they'll carry all manner of diseases in between each bee of the colony. They'll just bee hop and take it. Take so blood it's everywhere. not just the mites. The mites also carry diseases the mites also like carry mosquito diseases. Di- and over time, after about two to three years, if a beehive isn't treated the beehive will collapse. The entire colony will, will be destroyed. And then what happens, especially where you've got commercial farming, because a lot of the time beehives are kept relatively close to each other, mm-hmm. then bees from other hives will come and say, hey, there are no bees here. Let's steal their honey. And then get and then, eaten by the mites. And then they'll pick up mites and, care, and the whole process starts anew. Aww. This mite is the most likely cause of the fact that there are now no feral bees in North America. There's no wild bees anywhere? Not in North America. And very few in Europe. Dang. European There's bees, at least. none? There have been reports of them possibly making a comeback of a few wild bees. But if we didn't uh, apply pesticides that particularly target these mites then there would be no no bees in America. That That's how big the problem was for quite some time. Wait, so what are they doing now? They're applying pesticides that take this out? Yeah, there are commercial pesticides now that are the... Some of them are like strips that you'll put over the entrance of the hive, and it'll release a chemical 
any of a diff number of different chemicals. I think oxaloacetate or something. Um, that's beyond the scope of this podcast, though. So I guess pesticides aren't all bad. <laughs> no, no. But people use this term pesticides to be, just be an all-inclusive Satan word, and it's not. There are pesticides that can particularly target certain types of organisms. Well, even soap, I guess, could be considered a pesticide exactly. if you wash your hands with it. Right. Also, I want to unpack something else you said. Um, you said there are no feral bees. Does that mean that if we didn't have bee farmers, bees would just be extinct? No. In North no. America? In North America, probably. But remember, they're not native to North America to begin with. That's true. Are bees in Europe doing well? You know, honestly, I didn't do enough research on that. I know that the European honeybee is particularly susceptible to this ferroamide. There, there's a, no, another species of bee, so not Apis mellifera, Apis serrana, which is almost completely uh, immune to this mite. Okay. These bees are very hygienic. They screen each other for mites and stuff like that. <laughs> no, seriously, they actually do. And the, those ones are almost uh, completely immune to bees, but they're not nearly as efficient at making honey. Oh. So people don't like them. But they would probably still be good pollinators. Yeah, they probably would. So, at least as far as the varroa mite is concerned, that's not going to be the cause of colony collapse disorder. Now, the second primary concern with this may be... Okay, I'm going to stop you right there, love, because we have talked about bees way too much already. We will continue this next week with part two of the bee episode. Don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud, like us on Facebook, whatever other social media platforms you prefer to use. Also, don't forget to give us a like on iTunes as well. Thank you guys, have a great week, and don't forget to geek out.